Player Profiler Nation, welcome to the latest episode of Trade Gods. I am your host, Matty Kuhn, and I am joined by my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man himself, Mr. Jason Allwine. What's going on, my brother? Nothing much, man. Ready to talk some trades with you, my Trade God brethren. Missed you last week. I know. And I know what they were saying. You know, he didn't show up because Matt Kelly decided to just call his his auction draft a comedy of errors but that's not why i was on the road got i was in fort lauderdale i don't know if you saw the news the rain it came down looked like noah's ark there was flood everywhere it was nuts so i got trapped down in florida i wasn't able to do it it was a craziness it's okay and don't and you don't have to lie it's because i ended up trading away the 108 after we got so close hey that that that's a very fair point, but we're actually going to talk about that 108 coming up in a little bit. We have a great show lined up for each and one of you tonight. Make sure you're subscribed to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Smash that like button and make sure you leave some comments siding with Jason, myself, or potentially siding with one of the takes from our very special guest. Jason, who do we got on the show here tonight? Ooh, man. You've seen this guy already tonight. You've seen him every night of the week for the past hundred something days, nearing two hundred probably at this point. It is the man, the myth, the machine, the legend, the now three-time trade god guest, Jack Cavanaugh. Will be joining us. Let's do it, Jack. Thank you for joining. The last two times you've been on the show was as the guest host, but to have you on in the guest chair, very excited, sir. Well, how you doing tonight? I am great. I am thrilled to be chatting with the two of you. I can't believe I finally made it on an episode with Maddie Kiwoom. It's great. It's great. Yeah, we're very excited. We got a very action-packed show. Not one, not two, but three. We had to do three segments, Jack, because this is your third appearance. So we got three segments. So why don't we dive right on in to the number one segment here tonight, and we're going to play a little trade court, baby. All rise for the Honorable Trade Gods. So tonight we have three trades. We've, we're have we going to play sides of the lawyers. I'm taking one of the teams. Jason's taking the other. And Jack is all-time judge tonight, so you'll get his overall analysis. And then he is going to side with one of our, well, either defenses or, I don't know. I always get these terms mixed up. But we're going to complete our case is what I'm saying. So let's get into it. The first trade of the night is a 12-team standard scoring. Believe it or not, some people still play in those. A 1QB format. Team A is acquiring Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup. Team B is acquiring Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill. Ooh, big-time blockbuster going down in this 12-team standard 1QB league. Jason, you got the floor first, defending Team A. Yes, in your honor. I have to defend my client here, as is the job of a lawyer. And going after Jonathan Taylor and going after Cooper Cup are great moves at this point in the offseason. Both are by low candidates at this point in time. Cooper Cup, two years in a row, finishing the season as the number one wide receiver on a points-per-game basis. Yes, he's going to be turning, be returning from an injury. But what he's good at is not something that diminishes with injury. He's still great at finding spots in the defense. He's still great when it comes to chemistry with his quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and he can and will repeat at the very least as a top three wide receiver next season. Jonathan Taylor, only a year removed from him being the fantasy RB1. People often forget that, but 
last season. I'm just going to toss it out the window if I'm analyzing this, to be completely honest. It was just a lost year from top to bottom when it comes to any and all Indianapolis Colts. Was it Matt Ryan's fault? I don't know. Was it Frank Reich's fault? I don't know. It wasn't Jonathan Taylor's fault, and it won't be Jonathan Taylor's fault next season. And so both of these assets, great to own in fantasy football. And, you know, I'll even take the youngest of all of these players in Jonathan Taylor on my dynasty roster. Okay, not a bad opening statement here representing Team A. But, Your Honor, I'd like to take the floor if you will allow me to do so. I suppose, I suppose. So I am defending Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill. Now, Christian McCaffrey, well, he, he missed two basically full seasons, and we thought that he was potentially dust. We thought he might be going the way of Todd Gurley. No, he came back last year stronger than ever. Repeating, getting back to his running back one criteria. And the other guy I'm talking about here, Tyreek Hill, was traded from Kansas City Chiefs to Miami Dolphins. Everyone thought, oh, no, this can't be good. How could you go from Mahomes to anybody? Well, he went over to play with Mike McDaniel and the, and the Miami Dolphins and had his best season ever. Finished with 20.4 points per game. Wide receiver, two on a points per game basis. Had 1,700 receiving yards. Number one in target rate. Number two in air yards. Number one in deep targets. Number two in the league in receptions. And he was number one in yards per route run. A metric that I absolutely look for when it comes to the elite wide receivers. And... Not only was he still a mega producer, not only did Christian McCaffrey return to be a mega producer, I will leave this with you, Judge. This will be my closing statements of this side. Last year, Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey combined to play 35 games. Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup combined to play only 20. Give me the healthier super producers, regardless if their total age is higher. That's why Team B wins. Judge, floor is yours, sir. Floor is mine. No, uh, no. Re- I guess we don't give a rebuttal because then you have five to re- hour show. <laughs> then you'd have to rebut the rebuttal. No, no. Very intriguing cases and very convincing argument by Jason to bring up the fact that Jonathan Taylor, youngest player in this trade, mm-hmm. former RB one. But Jonathan Taylor's RB one season was the lowest scoring RB one season in recent memory. He good call. Scored good point. Good point. Or total po- or his. Total points as RB1 were fewer than most other RB1 overall, fewer than Christian McCaffrey can finish with. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather have Christian McCaffrey in an all-in move because I imagine you're still trying to compete if you have Jonathan Taylor. Really? This isn't a win-now versus win-later move. These are two win-now teams. 100%. Jonathan Taylor's just the younger player, but you're more likely to win now with Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor. And I would say the same for Tyreek Hill, only because the offense for the Miami Dolphins is going to be much better than the offense for the Los Angeles Rams. Cup's going to have a massive target share, but so is Tyreek Hill. Give me the better offense. Both Christian McCaffrey and Tyreek Hill make better offenses. So, Jason, I am very sorry, but I am going to decide with Matty Kiwum. It is a good deal either way. Yeah. player, I can always respect that. The best young player, but I'm, I'm going all in. I want to win now. 
Yeah, and it's a good point to bring up because this is clearly teams looking to retool and not rebuild. Uh, sometimes that becomes, we've done those before, we're arguing those sides, and you can almost see it both ways. This is going to cut and dry. You're both looking to win right now. You're looking for the best plays in the deal. So, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you couldn't really go wrong with that side, I suppose. Certainly would be probably our most fair trade if we were playing that segment, right? But yeah. anyway, I'm glad to go 1-0 here. What you got, Jason? You look like you want Before to Before we move on, I just want to say, these kinds of trades, audience, go out and make some of these. Like, I know it's mm. at, kind of at the point where it's a wash, right? But it is fun to just go out and swap your players for <laughs> other superstars. Blockbuster trades need to happen a lot more in Dynasty Leagues. And if there's a guy you like that you would rather have, like the change from Cooper Cup to Tyreek Hill, it's a risk. But if you like Cooper Cup more, that's what it costs. Just go do it. Go get your guys in leagues and pay the price if they're your guy. Just do it. Absolutely. I, I agree. Let's move on to the second trade here. Let's see if I can lock this up early in the first two trades. Uh, okay. Oh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> I'll take the floor first, Your Honor. Is that okay? I, I'll, I'll allow it. I, I, I did allow Jason the floor first, so I suppose you can have the floor this time first. Thank Love you for it. asking, though. Your, your, you know, your politeness is noted, but will not be swaying the judge. Did I also notice how great your mustache looks today, Your Honor, in that shirt? It makes your eyes dance here on the trade cards. I just got to say that. Get it out of the way. I, the flattering is noted. I will try to be unbiased, <laughs> but it, it, usually the flattering would actually turn me off. But the fact that it's true, it, it's a neutral. <laughs> that was the equivalent of, you know, in the rom-coms when they're like, babe, I love you. And she's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm being very nice to you. And he says, your flattery is noted. So that was <laughs> cold. That was cold-blooded. But anyway, trade number two is part of a 12-team. This one is PPR Superflex with a little bit of tight end premium. That really comes most into play with that draft pick. But anyway, Team A is acquiring Deontay Johnson. And to get him, they are trading away John Mechie, Justin Ross, who just recently has popped up in a little bit of headlines, and the 2023 2 10 now i will be taking the side of team a and i will start my argument with saying your honor do you believe there is a chance in which deontay johnson will not catch a touchdown in 2023 no he is absolutely going to score a touchdown this year for a player of his caliber to go two years in a row without a touchdown that would be absurd as unlucky as julio jones has been in the touchdown department the unluckiest player ever he still scored touchdowns <laughs> still caught one Exactly. Galladay. Kenny Galladay. Exactly. Galladay. So even if he only catches four touchdowns, which would be uh, one of his lowest marks other than obviously last year, which, which he had zero. Uh, we're talking about a massive jump up in total fantasy points. He was number two in 2022 with unrealized air yards with 875 i would expect that with the improved play of kenny pickett some are believing he is the guy so if that being the case we're assuming the offense takes a step up as a whole and that unrealized air yards mark should come down quite a bit he was still 13th in receptions 14th in the league in air yards total so he's getting the uh, the good chunks he's getting good targets he's getting effective fantasy uh, scoring targets and he was 10th in the nfl in red zone targets with the improved play of kenny pickett they bring in Allen robinson now i think that really helps the offense more than it helps any of the individuals in terms of fantasy you got george pickens who looks to take a massive jump in year two i think this offense Goes to the next level in doing so. The number one target getter in this offense. D 
Deontay Johnson sees a significant uh, bump up in value from 2022 to 2023. And I would argue that John Mechie, Justin Ross in the 210, a year from now we could look back on this trade and you could say that you basically got Deontay Johnson for free 99. Your Honor. Shots were fired at the end of that one. Objection! Objection! Overruled. <laughs> Overruled. <laughs> Objection! Honor. You hurt my feelings! Your Honor, I like John Mechie. I, I know. But, however, my client and I have discussed in private, discuss, in private meetings before coming here on trial, and we would honestly just like to propose a deal. My client wants to avoid trade jail my client would like to just get trade house arrest they understand <laughs> that they made a bad trade here but they don't want to serve hard time it's not fair they like john mechie they like justin ross and they like the lottery ticket that they'll get at the end of the second round and they absolutely hate the steelers they feel bad that they ever even rostered deontay johnson and they were just trying to to wish cast to be completely honest they were throwing <laughs> shots into the wind on these guys and you know it so all we can ask is that you give a very fair and reasonable punishment to my client team b well if if that is the case i must ask what is the target at the 210 what is what are your intentions to go forward with this trade Ooh, i i'm probably just at this point hoping you know what your honor you know what your honor <laughs> I really like Darnell Washington. That's who I'm just I'm saying I'm just shooting for it at the 210. Tight end premium. This is a tight end premium league. Yeah, so I'm just I'm shooting for the highest ceiling, right? Just going with the athleticism there, having some fun. If I'm if I'm picking John Mechie and Justin Ross, I'm probably also the type of guy to take Darnell Washington. (laughs) Yeah, I think this is going to be a trade jail. I'm That was a, that was the first time in trade court history where instead of defending the trade itself, he was just saying "be gentle" on my client. I mean, you could have saved yourself had you been prepared for a plan at the two ten. But the lack of preparation, the lack of a plan at the two ten, this just kind of feels like a. I really like John Mechie. I am willing to take a complete bath on this trade. I don't care what value I get in return because I get John Mechie. (laughs) Justin Ross is, he's probably going to be one of the first players you cut next week because Kansas City's going to draft a player. Mm -hmm. So he's he's, he's not doing you any good. The 210, if you had said, well, based on some some sites, I can get Tank Bigsby. Some sites have Kendra Miller available at the 210. Mm. Uh, Devon H.A. Had you said any of that, I, I could have been persuaded. I don't think any of those players will be available after no. the draft, but no. they're apparently available now. I was doing some research <laughs> on different uh, trade calculators, but had you had a plan, I would have given you house arrest. I will say, though, we're going to do time served based on your sentence. So two weeks time served already. We're going to give you an additional additional week in trade jail and then 40 hours of trade community service. And yeah. Okay, I, I like the great community service. I'll accept that. Thank you. I like I like the 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 thorough punishment doled out, Judge. That was a, a fantastic way to go about it. And I have to say, uh, again, you are uh, quite strikingly handsome, and you are making all the right decisions. So, uh, Judge, Your Honor, uh, it's fantastic to have you here tonight. So that's good. I'm one. I won here tonight. I've won two uh, trades already. 
So was this your trade personally, Jason? No, no. but I'm glad you bring that up, Jack, because we do have a trade in which Jason pulled off in TGIF. So instead of defending either side, Jason, why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of background talk and we'll let Jack kind of add his two cents and, and instead of uh, presenting it in the case here, let's just go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like George Pickens. I like KJ Osborne, right? Um, I had the 108. I was sitting there thinking to myself, I, I kind of want to use it to move up, but it just wasn't happening. So I, at that point, I resigned to myself. I'm taking a shot on wide receiver. That's, I mean, I needed wide receiver. Um, George Pickens was a guy I really wanted. So I, sent out the one away for him and KJ Osborne just to kind of get a little something on top. I like what could happen with KJ Osborne next season with Adam Thielen officially gone. I mean, still probably the third option in this passing attack, but yeah, I like the ceiling there. And George mm-hmm. Pickens, one of two wide receivers under 24 years old going into next year that had a 90% route participation last year. He is the alpha on this passing offense and Kenny Pickett is my quarterback. So I get that fun little stack in the super flex full mm-hmm. PPR league. And so, I mean, I figured if I'm going to take a chance on a wide receiver, I might as well take a chance on a wide receiver that I like. Second-year wide receivers historically pretty good as well. So, mm-hmm. hey, George Pickens and K.J. Osborne. Where did Pickens go in most mocks, or rookie drafts, I should say, in 2022? Was He like he was like the 106, 107, right, in Superflex? Maybe 108? I feel like he was kind of, yeah, about that. And so, I mean, in some leagues, like the beginning of the second. I think he went at my in my home league. I think he went one hundred and eight. I think. Yeah. Because uh, well, yeah, Sky Moore was going at the back of the first round, and he was going ahead yeah. of Sky. Moore. Right. Exactly. That's exactly. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because Sky Moore did get that crazy helium after his draft selection. But uh, okay. I mean, on on surface, I didn't think this was a bad trade. Jack, what are your thoughts on it? And tell us, uh, like, who would you be targeting if you just acquired this one hundred and eight? This is fourteen team super flex tight end premium. Jason, I must say. I thought there was a chance that you might go 3-0, and or 0-3, and I apologize, but you have redeemed yourself. Yeah. I approve of the trade. I would take George Pickens and K.J. Osborne. I I agree with you on Osborne. I think he is underrated. I think yeah. he can take another step forward. He mm-hmm. has every year of his career. I think the Vikings do add a wide receiver. Whether that receiver is more of a decoy, though, like Quinton Johnston on the outside, mm-hmm. I still think K.J. Osborne would be more productive than him. Mm-hmm. So... I like KJ Osborne. I really like George Pickens and the explosive ceiling that he has. He's the only player on this offense that can stretch the field. Yep. Yeah. The only other player that runs a four. There, there are there are three players on this offense that run sub four five. Calvin Austin is one of them, and he's a backup. Yep. And the other is backup running back Anthony McFarland. So they, <laughs> they need George Pickens. Yeah. To stretch the field, and at one oh eight. Will Levis is going to be gone. Maybe he falls to you at the 108 right now, but he is going to be gone. Yes. At that point, I would love Zach Charbonnet if he falls there, but he might go too because I'm predicting after – because if your rookie drafts, I assume, are taking place after the NFL draft, the four QBs will be gone. Mm -hmm. Bijan will be gone. JSN will be gone. And probably Gibbs, but maybe Charbonnet. So at the 108, you're taking – Gibbs, Charbonnet, Roshan, whoever got the best landing spot out of those right. guys, whoever Flowers. talked about the most, which yeah. is a really solid pick. Mm-hmm. But when you can get a potential alpha, because I've also heard rumors that teams are now calling the Pittsburgh Steelers after this Allen Robinson trade. They're saying, well, the Steelers might draft a wide receiver too. And 
they just had a feud with Deontay Johnson last season. So why don't we see if they're willing to move on from him? Because they were mm-hmm. willing to move on from him last season. So I wouldn't even be surprised if when all is said and done, George Pickens after draft night is the alpha for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh, I, I mean, that would make this trade even massive. Now, yeah. the way we could put this too, where would you rank Pickens? I'm going to throw this at you on the spot. So Pickens, uh, Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, save flowers. Rank those four wide receivers. I definitely have him above Johnston. I definitely have him above above Addison. Zay Flowers, I have behind him for now. If he lands with the Chargers, I will put Zay Flowers above him. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, maybe Kansas City, but I also don't think that's going to happen. There there aren't many landing spots where I see Zay Flowers passing Pickens. So I'm going to go with Pickens for now and probably the future. Yeah. Okay. So that, that, I mean, that makes this really a slam dunk here. So good job, Jason. Very good. And if anyone was wondering, Deontay Johnson, uh, he's going to make 8 million base salary in 2023 and 7 million base salary in 2024. So, uh, you know, they are cap hits of significantly higher, about 10 million more each year or so. But that's a pretty fair contract remaining in a team that would want a guy, you know, going into his age 27 season. Jack, I think you might be onto something where if they do get someone who is a, uh, maybe more explosive guy to go on the outside with Pickens. You would have Allen Robinson kind of be your possession guy in the middle. It could be a nice recipe for success in Pittsburgh. So if Pickens is the alpha, this trade becomes uh, an A++. So very good, Jason. Very, very good. Last week you guys did a little bit of Discord trade breakdowns. Yeah. And I wasn't a part of it, and I missed it. I love. I wanted to do it, so I'm wedging it in here since we're doing three segments tonight. Let's get into number two. We're doing two Discord trade breakdowns. Let's talk about the first one. This is part of a 12-team PPR Superflex League, and it is a, well, it's a bit of a doozy here, folks. Team A is getting Justin Fields, Russell Wilson, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Mark Andrews. Holy cannoli. But to get this massive group of players, they are trading away Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, DK Metcalf, Dallas Goddard in this year's 205. There are a lot of moving pieces here, Jack. But what are your overall thoughts on this absolute roster-swapping blockbuster? There's a lot of moving pieces, so I, I but you can almost break it down one-to-one. You can compare directly Joe Burrow versus Justin Fields. And I would take Joe Burrow. I know Justin Fields has the rushing upside, mm-hmm. but... Joe Burrow isn't going anywhere. Justin Mm -hmm. Fields could drop off even a little bit. Joe Burrow will not. That will not happen. That is a guarantee. Now, I will also take Deshaun Watson. I thought, oh, yeah, I will take Deshaun Watson over Russell Wilson Mm -hmm. as well. There's higher upside there. So, yeah, that's two. I will take CD Lamb over DK Metcalf. So, that is a win for Team A in that corner. Mm -hmm. I will take Mark Andrews over Dallas Goddard. So that's a win for team A. Mm-hmm. And then I'll take Jerry Judy over the 205. So it's an upgrade at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. And I think it's enough of an upgrade that I will go with team B. Because mm. CD Lamb isn't too much of a drop down from Metcalf. The 205 is a drop down from Judy, though. But Goddard younger than Andrews. So this this is a tough one, but it's very I, even. It is. It's very good. I think I go trait. with Burrow. I think I go with Burrow and Watson and Metcalf and Goddard. Okay, Jason. What stability do you think at trait? quarterback swings it for me. Stability at mm, you took yeah. That right That's exactly what I was thinking. Also, and I think Jack broke it down exactly how I would. 
Mm-hmm. I think Dallas Goddard and Mark Andrews at this point, I'm starting to feel like it's, I mean, really damn close, really, really, really close. Um, but still, I mean, just the edge to Andrews because of history, I guess. But mm-hmm. I mean, is it, could I see Goddard finishing ahead of Andrews next season? hundred percent. So I'm going to basically call that a wash. Um, I do think Watson bounces back next season. I really do. I think the rust was expected. I, I would say to Harry Snowman, no, Watson is not stable, but neither is Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Justin Fields also not stable. So I'm going with the stability of Burrow over yeah. the instability of the other two. Yeah. Very unstable, though. <laughs> Continue, Jason. I apologize. Yeah, no, I just I, – I kind of hate trades like this where there's so many assets involved. I feel like it's just it – just, it gets so murky. Um, but I, I think I'm with you. I, I would def, I would rather have Joe Burrow than Justin Fields and Russell Wilson, to be honest, like if it was just that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love myself some Burrow, and I love myself some Metcalf. But I think I might still go Team A. I think I might still go Team A just because I do like Judy more than the 205. And I, I just think I think at the end of the day, these are this is like getting $110 for $100 to keep using that analogy. A, l- a little bit more money. <laughs> mm. I, I'm, I'm going to actually... Overall, I, I agree with what both of you said. So I don't really have a ton to add in terms of the, the the you know the counterparts of either trade. But I do like the 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 best quarterback in the deal. Uh, you know, I'm relatively new to Superflex. Like this is, I think, my third season going into my third season playing the format, and I'm like realizing in like such a harsh way how important elite quarterbacks are. And I know Justin Fields is five on a points per game basis. But we're also, you know, and I'm part of the, you know, I'm part of the side that believes that Fields will take a, a, a leap forward with this offense getting better and DJ Moore being in town. Uh, but I still want Joe Burrow more than any of these quarterbacks. Uh, if we're going to go with the red flag city at the QB2, give me the guy with the higher upside, which is Deshaun Watson, who has a top five quarterback points per game season under his belt. He's probably uh, more likely to be a top eight quarterback in a given season, Russell Wilson at this point. Uh, you know, we are very, very, the trade gods are very pro DK Metcalf. And even though I love CeeDee Lamb, you know, wide receiver three in Dynasty, in my opinion, I think DJ, uh, DK is still a top eight at the position yep. in uh, in Dynasty. So I'm all good there. And, and again, uh, Jerry Judy, I do like Jerry Judy over the 205. But to be honest, I just, I think there's going to be a good enough player at the 205. Uh, given it's a 12-team super flex, so the quarterbacks will jump up. And if you know if there's a chance to get a Hendon Hooker there, if he's not really uh, uh, in love with the, the league, your league mates don't love him, getting another quarterback in the deal is a whole lot of upside there. And I don't think that if you were to put money, who scores more fantasy points, D, uh, Dallas Goddard or Mark Andrews? Yeah, the favorite would be Mark Andrews because he is a you know possibly the tight end one in Dynasty. But Goddard has a tight end one season outlaw like that that is in his realm of possibility given the offense and given what th- this this team can do so I, I don't think it's crazy different so i'm gonna go team b just slightly but yeah your analogy jason is spot on you're basically just taking a hundo and turning it into one of 108 dollars it's yeah it's not crazy uh either way if you take side a or team b here so very good trade and like you said Justin, jason Let's make banger trades again in Dynasty. Sometimes just take half your roster and say, do you want it? Because I want half of your roster. (laughs) 
All right, let's move on to the second trade from our Discord. And if you are not tapped into our Discord, get in there. The player profile of Discord. We're talking fantasy football 24-7. we got trade breakdowns. we got a bunch of great channels in there. So if you are already part of the player profile of Discord, get your butt in there now. So this is a 10-team, half-point PPR, one QB league. We did get some context, and context is key. So if you give us context, we'll use it in our analysis. He is the reigning champ. He's got the 103, the 104, and the 110. And this trade breaks down as such. He would be getting the 101 and trading away DJ Moore, Rashad White, and the 104. Jason, what are your initial thoughts on this big-time trade? I'll let you talk about DJ Moore. Oh, baby. I might let Jack talk about Rashad. Well, no, I mean, I don't know. I, at this point in time, Rashad White is looking fantastic. Um, but I think it, a lot of his efficiency metrics last season left a lot to be desired. And to me, it's still concerning that the Buccaneers chose to go with a less than 100% Leonard Fournette over Rashad White when he did return from his injury. Um, so I, I do think that that's a bit of a concern when it comes to the Buccaneers' faith in this guy as the bell cow, as their running back of the future. But to also get the 104 thrown in there, it, it to me kind of throws it over the top. That's still a very, very high draft pick. And the margin between Jameer Gibbs and Bajon Robinson on a points per game basis isn't going to be that large. And it's not going to be DJ Moore and Rashad White large. So um, I think I'm taking Team B. Mm-hmm. Jack, what do you think about this trade? How yeah, does it play up to you? That's just too much to give up. Rashad White is a top 15 running back in terms of dynasty. I know a lot of people won't agree with us, but he is. That's just how, that's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Rashad White is top 15 running back in dynasty. It could change. I doubt it does. The Buccaneers have too many needs to draft B. John Robinson. Mm-hmm. But you also have DJ Moore, who is a top 15 wide receiver in dynasty. And you get the 104. So you either get... Mm-hmm. You might, because it's a one QB league. I Maybe someone falls in love with Anthony Richardson. Probably not, but still. You might get Jackson Smith and Jigba. You might mm-hmm. get Jameer Gibbs. You might get Zach Charbonnet. Roshan could take a massive leap. At the 104, that is a really, really, really good player in this draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this is a, a – for this person, I get it that it's a 10-team league. I get it's half-point PPR, so you're looking for the running back superstar stud. That's what you're getting there at the 101. Uh, but I don't you we also forget he has the 103. So I think I would much, much rather take the 103, 104, 110 and get the 101. Consolidate your picks. But DJ Moore, I think we are he is sitting on the on the cusp of jumping into that top 15, top 12, even wide receiver on a points per game basis after the trade. Uh, I'm a huge fan of him going into his 26th season. He's a superstar, He's you know, so prospect. Young. He's still so young. He has multiple 1,100-yard uh, receiving seasons. He has yet to have a season under 780 receiving yards, and he's played with the likes of a Dusty, uh, Cam Newton, you know, Sam Darnold, pre-Kyle Shanahan, because we're all going to be looking at Kyle as Sam Darnold differently in six months. We all know that now. Uh, but he was playing with Darnold. He was playing with Kyle Allen and Bruce Allen and Chuck Allen and Steve Allen and Allen Allen, all these quarterbacks that didn't do him any service. He's going to go now to Justin Fields. I think you want to keep him on your team because even in a 10-team league where you're looking for superstars, I think DJ Moore is absolutely capable of getting into that classification. Rashad White, I think in the 10-team league you could probably do better. But again, the depth piece, if you could take the 103 in Rashad White and move up just two spots, 
I'm, that's what I'm looking to do. But I'm looking to hold more. And if he's coming away from this draft, I mean, having DJ Moore, Rashad White, he takes A. Rich, Levis, Stroud at the 103, comes with a JSN at the 104. I think when we look back in the trade and you see Bijan traded for DJ Moore, JSN, and Rashad White, or Will Levis, DJ Moore, Rashad White, for Bijan, you're like, eeeh. That was a tad too much. So if you're listening to the show, which I hope you are, member of the Discord, keep it. Keep the picks. Don't get into the 101 for this. But I'm not saying not get into the 101. Just try to keep DJ Moore on your team. I just think if you're looking for superstars, you may already have one on your very roster. Uh, that's gonna, you might, That's a great point. He, the 104 could absolutely turn into one like a very, very, very good I'd have uh, three then, because Rashad White. Rashad White, White uh, are you pro or what, which side of the fence on you in this big player profile Rashad White debate? I am very pro Rashad White. I understand the issues with the efficiency metrics. Mm-hmm. I will say though, we have seen time after time after time young running backs struggle with efficiency until all of a sudden the light clicks, and the fact that he was so good as a wide receiver, the fact that he was able to draw so many targets as a third round rookie mm-hmm. that is what intrigues me so you don't you don't buy into this notion that he's just Devonte booker no i do not buy into the hype that he is Devonte booker not at all <laughs> Devonte booker also had some pretty pretty good games when called he had upon. good games yeah, he had good, good games. games. He just wasn't really he wasn't great. called upon a lot games. because he wasn't very good but rashad white is going to be called upon even if he's not very good, he's still going to get that opportunity. Yeah, but he is. Yeah, good. and I mean, we're talking about a, a, a he's like it's four. What the uh, Booker was probably like a four six right around a four six forty, and, and Rashad White's like a four five. He was sub four uh, five in, in his combine last year. He is a better athlete. You know, his best comparable player is David Johnson. So I do think he has a higher ceiling. And if we're gonna buy into any type of hype, I would buy into the hype that the Buccaneers brought in Chase Edmonds for a competition. Now, this whole Bijan Robinson at 19, Jack, you have your ear to the ground. You are tapped in to all the news, all the rumors, all the happenings leading into the NFL draft. Do you believe that there is an ounce of truth to Bijan going to the Bucks at 19? No, nah, I think he's going to be gone before then, even if he is still available. The Bucks have needs elsewhere, and they have a good Rashad White. They have enough faith. They've been hyping him up a lot lately. It seems like it's not literally joint press conferences, but it seems as though the same day it's the GM and Rashad White both talking about how excited they are for Rashad mm-hmm. White. So I'm I think the team is in on him. It would be more of a day two running or day two running back that I would be thinking they could take. But even then, mm-hmm. I think this is just a team with way too many needs. Bijan going to be gone well before i know jason's hoping he goes at the eighth overall pick mm-hmm. right seems as though it's him and nolan smith those two are both would be, hey, both would be fine yeah, no, neck and neck i want it to be Bijan though for the fun yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if Bijan's going to be there at 19 and they would be absolutely off of their rocker to move up to get a running back when they have a guy who is serviceable they took him at the end of the third round last year and I, let's i mean i was just down in the tampa area a week ago Sports radio, all they were talking about was how uh, they were going to lose their linebacker. They're, you know, they are not going to pay him. He's demanding a trade, and he's going to be gone. So that's just another need that they will have to fill. And at 19, I mean, could they get a Drew Sanders there? Could they get a Jack Campbell there? Uh, that might be a little too early yeah. at 19. But if they don't take him at 19, they're in play in their second round. 
Yeah, they, so, they need to go. It's more of an offensive line because they lost their uh, left tackle, right. Donovan Smith. They have no one to replace him. They've mm-hmm. signed Matt Filer to replace Shaq Mason at, at guard. But even then, that's mm-hmm. they, they, they need in their left guard. They drafted last year. He had some issues. So they need offensive linemen. They Absolutely. need defensive linemen. They need a corner. They, need they could use some. They could use some uh, defensive backs for sure. There's no way. Basically, I'm just saying in a roundabout way. There's no way on God's green earth they're going running back in round one. And if that's the case, like I said, I think they could go linebacker in round two. And now you're talking about round three draft capital. That's the same as Rashad White. Even if they bring in uh, someone in round three, it's still and, a competition. And what if they take Hendon Hooker? At 19, that upgrades the offense, and now Rashad White is even better because he doesn't have Baker Mayfield. The wheels are a churning, but we have said all of this to say that Bijan ain't going to 19. We ain't buying into Bijan going into 19. We got one last segment that we are going to do. We are got we each have a buy or a sell. We are gonna talk about it next, but first. Cody worked really hard on this whole rookie guide thing. Jack, you are a part of this rookie guide. It is the best rookie guide on planet Earth. And here's Matt Kelly. He's going to talk a little something, something about the rookie guide. Oh, I'm wearing Cody's hat in honor of Cody Carpentier. He has finished the rookie guide. It is a masterpiece. The best rookie guide you will read that combines both real NFL draft analysis and fantasy analysis. This guy goes deep. I mean, do you know who Tyon Evans is? This man wrote up and ranked 40 running backs, 40 wide receivers, 15 quarterbacks, and 23 tight ends. 23 tight ends? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We've got fantasy rookie draft cheat sheets for super flex and single quarterback to go along with these write-ups that include analytics player comps and play style player comps. All the stats you need, the analysis you need to understand what kind of impact these guys are going to have in the NFL and for your fantasy team. So go to playerprofiler.com, go to any player page, go to the NFL draft section, and click the button to get the rookie guide. It's just 10 bucks. That's it. That's all. It's not the most expensive, but it is the best. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is the best. It is the best. It looks so good, and the write-ups are so clean, and they are helpful. If you want to dominate all of your rookie drafts, get this rookie guide and start getting not only more knowledgeable, but like pretty high-end, elite-level knowledgeable. It's really, really good. So we each have a buy and a sell here tonight, so let's talk about them. I am here to say I have changed my tune on Trey Lance. I am buying now. Jack is trade is trading for Khalil Herbert and ooh, Jason tapped into the Atlanta Falcons and saying bye 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 to Tyler Algier. Jack, why are you buying Mr. Khalil Herbert? Well, I, I'm surprised. I've never heard Jason talk about the Atlanta Falcons before. I'm surprised <laughs> I am going with Khalil Herbert because he is simply better than Dante Foreman. I know Jason is on the train that it is going to be a split backfield and it's going to be a committee. And I just don't see it. 
David Montgomery was treated as a bell cow until he wasn't because they got brought in Khalil Herbert. And then when David Montgomery went down, Khalil Herbert was traded like a bell cow. It was not a case of this is just what we do. We're a committee system. We're just committee backfield. No, it was we have two really good backs. We got to get both of them on the field. There is a narrative that Khalil Herbert is not a receiver. And I don't know how true that is because in the one game where he got to be a bell cow, he saw two targets. He caught both of them. And that was two of eight completed passes in that game. The only time Herbert was in the game because David Montgomery is a great receiver as well was to run the ball. And he did a pretty damn good job of it. Khalil Herbert in terms of yards per touch ranked 5.7 yards per touch that ranked seventh Dante Foreman 4.5 that is 43rd and I know Maddie Kiwoom had a really good guess the other day over on uh, the game plan where they talked about how misleading yards per touch is because it is inflated mm -hmm. by receptions so the fact that Khalil Herbert was seventh in yards per touch without being a receiver that is right. incredible that is really hard to do his juke rate 39.1 was seventh in the NFL, whereas Dante Foreman was 43rd. Yards created per touch, Khalil Herbert was ninth. Dante Foreman was 39th. Dante Foreman is fine. He'll get some touches. Mm -hmm. Travis Homer will get some touches. But make no mistake, those two players are there to spell Khalil Herbert. He is the RB1, and they're not going to bring in competition in the draft either. Because they have their bell cow and they have a lot of needs at other positions. They need a starting offensive tackle. They need a starting defensive tackle. They need a starting edge rusher. They need a starting cornerback. And they need a dime safety. So that is five, four players that are legitimate starters and five players that play starter snaps. They need a wide receiver five because Valus Jones isn't it. They need a tight end because they don't have any next year unless they extend Cole Komet. And they need even more on the interior offensive line. So too many needs to draft a running back. Khalil Herbert is too good to split touches with Dante Foreman. The only thing I will say is I was listening to the season uh, podcast today. Daryl, uh, D Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah, is it Daniel Jeremiah? What am I drawing a blank? Daniel Jeremiah, is it right? D is it David? Or D Either way, blah, blah, blah. He is a captain guy. I don't know why I'm drawing a huge blank right now. My brain's not working. Uh, is... He, he heard rumblings that the Bears are infatuated with the skill set of a B. John Robinson. But I'm with you. I, I think logically <laughs> speaking, that would be a horrible move to make. You could easily grab a guy in round five or six. Uh, that can, that can, you know, I, my, I think of a Dinneric Prince, something like that. It's an athlete that you can just put on your team. You don't have to worry about him, really. You can just kind of have him as a competitor. Uh, Deontay Foreman. Only making a cap, his cap it's two million dollars, so there's no allegiance there with money. And Khalil Herbert, every time he's had a chance to perform, he has. He's been really, really good. I do agree with you that now's the time to buy because if we leave next week, we're all going to be in KC. If we all turn around and head home, and the Bears only took, you know, X running back in round seven, the price for a Khalil Herbert will skyrocket. So buy him now. Jack, let me ask you one follow-up question on buying Khalil Herbert. What level of running back, aside, obviously besides the top guys, uh, you know, Charbonnet in top three rounds, Gibbs top three rounds, Bijan in round one, what receive, What running back coming to town would make you go, oh, shit, I shouldn't have chosen. So Bijan, Charbonnet, Hendre Miller, because it would need an open time, mm -hmm. but that would start the season at the very least. Roshan would worry me because 
he is good enough that he would be he'd become the new Khalil Herbert. Uh, Khalil, Khalil Herbert. Herbert, yeah. So they, those guys would worry. A Banacanda, I think, would be a weird one. I don't know how I would feel about that, but I think those are kind of the, the guys. Just the top end, like if Sean Tucker goes there, I don't care. Really yeah, for sure. Okay, that's he, that. Don't care. Khalil Herbert's better than Tank Bigsby. Yeah. Okay. Even Bigsby. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bigsby would make me a little nervous because he does have uh, he's a big guy, a bigger guy, and Khalil Herbert is only five nine, but he's two ten. He can handle it. So yeah, I'm kind of with you. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a top thirty round guy or Kendra Miller, who has seemingly all the ability to take over in the long term. But uh, I, I do think that Khalil Herbert is a cheap option to buy in Dynasty right here, right now. Jason, tell everyone listening why they need to sell. Tyler Algier, who ran for a thousand yards as a rookie. Hey, good for him. <laughs> you know who else had a great season as a rookie? Philip Lindsay. You know who else had a great season as a rookie? James Robinson. You know who else? Don't you ever badmouth James Robinson? That a, was your I one love and James only Robinson. one. I love Philip Lindsay. You know who else had a great season as a rookie? Damian Pierce. And that is who Tyler Algier is in the company of. It's just, it's just what it is. Fifth round rookie from BYU, a four six forty, and underwhelming workout metrics across the board. Who was productive? Who was very productive? A thousand yards, nothing to scoff at. But that is what happens when you're on an Arthur Smith led offense. You've and Corderell Patterson is out for like half the year. <laughs> That's just what happens when you have plenty and plenty of volume on a team that leads the league in running the ball. Even if they don't take Bijan Robinson, they're going to take a running back. And even if they don't take a running back, there's still going to be Cordero Patterson there, who is really good. And I, I don't want to go into he's the match. He's 85 battle, years he, old. He's he's incredibly efficient. I don't care how old he is. He really is. <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he is, and he's still there. He's still there. So I'm I'm selling Tyler Algier before the Falcons draft a running back, and especially if it's Bijan Robinson. I mean, you're not even going to be able to give away Tyler Algier. So I would just see what you can get, put him on the block, and, and just not even take the risk because at the at the very end of the day, he's an underwhelming running back to begin with. So if they yeah. don't don't take a running back in the draft, yeah, but they sign Zeke or Leonard Fournette or Kareem Hunt after, you still out on Tyler Algier? Yeah, definitely. Even more so. <laughs> yeah, even more so. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would be very worried if they brought in a Leonard Fournette. Uh, for sure. Or a Zeke. I mean, he's taking the touchdowns. So Arthur Smith, we all know he loves the, the big body running backs and they were at the East West shrine game. And the report came out that they made an agreement with the New England Patriots staff that they wanted the big guys. They wanted the bruisers. They wanted those running backs. So it seems like they're in the market. Bijan going eight overall just makes, I think too much sense in terms of the history of Arthur Smith and the Atlanta Falcons over the last three years, you know, they took the, the offensive picks they got the decent offensive line. They got some, uh, you know, money to spend on defense. Maybe they do go Bijan, which would, yeah, just re- let's re- let's remember what happened to Michael Carter a year ago. People like Michael Carter. They take Mr. Brees Hall in that sweet range, the 35 to 45 range. Bada bing, bada boom. There's no more value on Michael Carter. If mm-hmm. Bijan goes 108, good luck trading for Al- Tyler Algier. If you have the 101, I would trade for Algier as a handcuffed. Get to get him while he will be at his cheapest, which is immediately following a massive running back draft pick. And also at the 108, if you want to get a little crafty here, if you want to get a little saucy with your trades, wait till the 108 comes. Let's say it's not Bijan. 
instantly go ahead and sell Tyler Algier right away on that little maybe value bump in your league. Go, see, yeah. I think Bijan, he's the starter. And then, boom, when they take someone at the 208, which yeah. could be a Roshan, a Kendra Miller, you know, one of those backs that's still better than a Tyler Algier, boom, yeah. then you do pull your double duties right here and you kind of pull the old move. And I like that. So uh, selling Tyler Algier, even though I like them going into Nass here, uh, if you can get value for a guy who's best comparable player, Zach Moss. I mean, what are we doing here, folks? Go ahead and do that. Before I talk about Trey Lance, because it's going to be quick, I want to answer my man Harry Snowman in the chat's question. He's always here showing love, so let's show some love back to him. The question is, Dynasty full PPR with the win now content or, or context added here. He's giving up Cooper Cup, receiving Christian Kirk in the 109. Jack, how do you feel about this trade? If you're win now, no, I'd much rather have Cooper Cup. He is going to be a monster for at least one more year. Matthew Stafford's going to be his quarterback for at least one more year. So he's going to be a target monster for at least one more year. And even after that, Cooper Cup has a game that's going to age very gracefully. So, mm-hmm. yes, he is more of a win now move, but he's not a Leonard Fournette of last year win now move. He is a win now and age gracefully. And eventually he'll be relegated to your wide receiver two and your wide receiver three. But Cooper Cup. He's going to be fantasy relevant for at least five more years. His skill set could translate as long as he can just stay healthy. Look I mean, at Larry look, Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald yeah. did it for a while. Edelman was just beat the crap and not nearly the size. He didn't have the size, and he lasted deep. Wes Welker had good years uh, yeah. kind of after his 30. So uh, I agree there. J- Jason, what do you have to add here about Mr. Harry Snowman's deal? Yeah, uh, I'm also taking Cooper Cup here. I, I do think Christian Kirk. A fine asset, right? I mean, you're going to want any Jaguars wide receiver, the 109. That could be a pretty good pick, assuming this is super flex. You're getting a good asset. But, I mean, we already talked about Cooper Cup at the beginning of the show. Back-to-back seasons of number one in fantasy points per game. Like, yep. it's just you, you don't you don't turn away from that. You really don't. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going Cooper Cup here. Yeah, definitely going to go Cooper Cup with this. Hold on. It, I'm assuming he didn't say it was Superflex or 1QB, but even Superflex, I mean, at the 109, we're looking at Charbonnet, Addison, Roshan, Flowers. You know, good players, players we like, but that's the difference of potentially, you know, Christian Kirk, who I do like a lot, but we can't discount, you know, Calvin Ridley being in town. There could be a slight decrease in targets. There are a number of offensive pass catchers that keep getting mocked to the Jaguars, whether it be tight end or a third round uh, wide receiver. So there is a need to just build the overall offense. So maybe Christian Kirk isn't the volume monster that we kind of hoped he'd be in Jacksonville. And the 109 is just not enough to trade away, which could be a top three points per game producer. Stafford elbow intact or not cooper cup can succeed with anybody at their quarterback position uh so i like that and let's 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 also say too they could be so bad that they bring in drake may or or uh caleb williams going into 2024 and then holy cannoli that would be a lot better for Cooper Cup over those last remaining years that zach mentioned uh that that jack mentioned that could absolutely happen so harry snowman hold on to cooper cup hold on now let's get back to my why I'm buying. Why I'm pulling the old flip-flop. Pulling the old flip-flop here. Just a couple weeks ago, right, Jason? I said I was tr- selling Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want Trey Lance. You know, he hasn't been proven. He's been hurt. He hasn't really played meaningful football since 2020 or 2019 even. But that was because I thought he was going to lose out to Brock Purdy. 
Then, not only did Brock Purdy, since I, I said sell, Brock Purdy also did not get Tommy John. He's expected to probably be able to play in NFL football games by Halloween. Then they also signed Sam Darnold to be another quarterback on the roster. I know they need depth. They all, they, they were you know they were devastated at that position going into the most important games of the season so i understand wanting depth but then the hype just keeps building around darnell being uh, someone who's going to vie for round, uh, first team reps in the offseason that trey lance is going to have to earn everything this offseason then cut to this week where trey lance has been rumored to be involved in trades now i think that all of this bad news circling trey lance has depressed his value to a point where I think it's a buy because he is a guy with a bunch of talent. He is a kid who has the first, you know, top three draft capital. So there is belief that he can still play football at a high level. Uh, he is the modern day quarterback prototype. He can run, he can throw, he can do a bunch of different things. And if he is traded away from the 49ers and given the reins of, let's say, the Tennessee Titans or the Atlanta Falcons or the Baltimore Ravens if they move on from Lamar Jackson. Some scenario. I, I'm over here in New England, and the drumbeat is getting louder and louder that there could be some sort of Mac Jones for Trey Lance deal that corrects the wrong that Kyle Shanahan wanted back when it happened, when that draft occurred. So is that is there truth to it? Doesn't seem like any substantial evidence suggests that, but it is getting louder and louder here in New England. So if that's a possibility, I do like you know that that type of trade. So I'm thinking that Trey Lance is just a, it's just a situational thing where a value of a guy's uh, with, with tremendous upside has gotten to the point where it's so low that I'm trying to swoop on it. Anything either one you want, any of you guys want to add about Trey Lance? Matty Kiwum, my man, my Trey God brethren, my fellow football card collector. Yes, you're familiar with the prices of rated rookie. Optic rated rookie cards for rookie quarterbacks. Care mm-hmm. to take a guess at how much a Trey Lance optic rated rookie card is? $750. $2.50. And for those of you listening, that's an insane value for this type of card. This type of card is $400 for Patrick Mahomes, $300 for Josh Allen, $60 yeah, if he for pops. Herbert, $50 yep. for like, or $70 for like a, 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 a Joe Burrow. If you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, your rookie card should not be $2 essentially is what I'm trying to say. And that is an example of the real life market being very similar to the fantasy football market. Mm-hmm. Um, and Trey Lance right there, you can buy his football cards and his fantasy football stuff. Well, and someone just wrote a article, someone handsome, someone with a really good mustache over on playerprofiler.com <laughs> talking about this Trey Lance situation. Mm-hmm. And the craziest yeah. thing is there's no reason for it. No. We knew that Trey Lance was going to be a project. This was something that we had all baked in, that mm-hmm. Trey Lance, he shouldn't play as a rookie. And he did. He played two games. He showed some flashes, but he struggled. And then it was, okay, he's going to start this year, but, you know, it'll be some up and down because, you know, he he, he had fewer passes in his college career than Anthony Richardson had his, his final year at Florida. Yeah. And they're both projects. That's how raw Trey Lance is. So then he goes out, plays in a tsunami, doesn't play great in a game where they don't even top 300 y- yards passing combined because it's a tsunami. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks his ankle. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Kyle Shanahan hates him. He doesn't like him anymore. He's out. Given up. So where does this add up? What was the inciting incident for the 49ers to just give up on Trey Lance? Mm. There isn't one. And this is just Kyle Shanahan's ego saying, nope. 
Brock Purdy, my kind of quarterback. Sam Darnold, my kind of quarterback. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of that Bill Belichick in him. And being in New England, uh, it's been such a crazy turnaround since it was the dominance of the Tom Brady era. He leaves, and it feels a lot like you know maybe he kind of hid all the blemishes of the ideas behind Belichick, and Belichick kind of shares a lot of those things where it's like, I would rather take a bum and make him my guy than go ahead and rely on a stud athlete or a stud player or whatever you want to say. So Trey Lance, you know, maybe – or maybe the Niners just saw my man's hairline was like, eh-eh, we it's ain't that, doing this. That's why he's a he's a buy low, though, because at some point it's going to get too much. He's going to shave his head. He he's going to become a bald king, and the value's going to skyrocket because he's going to pull it off. Just keep wearing that. That I think it was a Warriors hat he wore in that video that hit Twitter. That was a fresh hat. Rock the hats, my man, because it does look like someone's just in front of you going, <laughs> when he's pushing the hair back. You, My man, I know you're looking at three luscious hair. We got some lettuce here on this show. So I know we're talking at a place of privilege when it comes to hair. But Treyway, my man, is, you got to go ball king, baby. Is Trey Young the next Matt Hasselbeck? <laughs> Trey Young? <laughs> Or sorry, you mean, you mean Trey Lance? But he has hair. So he has the same hair as Trey Young. So exactly, that's where I could see the confusion happening. It's the same. Trey Lance is he the next? Damn! Don't name your kid Trey. He'll be uh, in his early twenties, looking like just he's like in a in a oh, Trey Palmer. He's <laughs> next. Oh, no. Trey Palmer. Oh. He can oh. pull it off though. Again, he can pull it off. As long as you are secure in yourself, as long as you are secure, Listen. and maybe that's what why Kyle Shanahan is out on Trey Lance. He knows he's insecure about his hairline <laughs> and doesn't want a insecure quarterback. Yeah, that, isn't that insecure, the storyline of draft day? The kid they didn't like his hairline, so they traded for <laughs> yeah. the pick and they traded the pick away. No one attended his birthday because of the hairline. <laughs> no one attended Trey Lance's birthday because of the hairline is the funniest, the funniest thing. That I've heard all day because it's like, damn, man, you go to his party? Nah, bro. Have you seen my man without a hat on? You can't be seen with that, man. You can't be throwing me the rock. Ah, oh, sorry, Trey. Trey Lance, we love you. We hope you the best in your new team if you should find one. But that's going to wrap up episode three. What are we on? 28? I can't remember. That wraps up the latest episode of Trade Gods. Thank you so much for tuning in. Subscribe to the Player Profiler YouTube channel. Smash that like button and leave a whole bunch of comments about how handsome we are or how nice our hair looks. Jack, tell the folks listening where they can find you on social, where they can find all your content. You can find me seven days a week at 7 p.m. Eastern over on the Player Profiler YouTube channel at Player Profiler Today. You can find me at Javanaugh87 on Twitter. You can find me on TikTok at Profiler underscore news. And you can find my articles on the website too. We we, we work for a website. I, you probably heard of it called playerprofiler.com. So check that out. You can find the rookie guide there, which some of all of our writings are in there. So look, just fingerprints all over the place. Every time you think you're getting rid of me, I just pop back up. Let's go, Jason. Tell everyone listening where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me on Wake and Take, 10 a.m., Monday through Friday. Enjoy your coffee. Enjoy your commute. Listen to me talk about football. You can find me on the Instagram, at Roto Underworld, on the Facebook, Player Profiler Advanced Stats on the Facebook, and, of course, the Discord that we already mentioned earlier in the show. Please join that stuff and follow me on Twitter, at JFootballWine. You can find me 
on Twitter at Matty Kuhn, and you know where else you can find me in Kansas City next week with these two Woo! gentlemen and a whole bunch of others from the player profiler world community company all of it here we go but you can find all of us in kansas city at the nfl draft extravaganza it's going to be fantastic cannot wait for that he's jason i'm maddie keep we're the trade gods tune in next week peace